Can you give me some nachis? Oh man, I could go for some nachis right now. <laughs> some nachis and totally, grilled cheesies. Totally nomin these nachis. Welcome to We Should Know Better, the podcast where we hitchhike across Wikipedia like a bunch of little fact toppers. I'm your series plot summary, Kyle, and with me as always are my spoiler warnings. Uh, I'm Sky. I'm uh, Tim, who shot JR. Wow. Holy jeez. <laughs> that's, a, that's a deep one. <laughs> that's old. <laughs> I'm really getting our demographic here. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm pretty sure you just, you, you just did a reference for our parents, but okay. <laughs> Good. I'm what I'm whatever I mean, lost is about. I hope they do listen. Good. All right. Well, what we do here on this show is uh, I give these guys uh, two pages on Wikipedia to run from one to the other using only the links that are found on those pages. And t- tonight uh, we have a uh, it's a it's a special night. Well, rather, this weekend was a special weekend. Uh, a very Ooh. big cultural event, worldwide cultural event, happened this weekend. Uh, and yes, I mean, all of you guys are right. It was World Tai Chi Day on Saturday. Sweet. Uh, yeah, I'm sure everyone, everyone was thinking the same thing. Absolutely there. Um, yeah, so I, uh, I, I am a practitioner of Tai Chi. I've been doing it for years and I was really excited, uh, to get a chance to, uh, work out with other, other Tai Chi practitioners around my area. And uh, this is a, it was a little bit tough. We had a smaller group than normal this year, but it was still very nice. Uh, I somehow forgot my, the, the, like the, the clothes that I, like like my normal workout clothes. (laughs) Forgot clothes. I forgot clothes. No, like I forgot my normal workout clothes. So so I had to. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I forgot my regular workout clothes, and so I had to use spares. And I was like, yeah, whatever. It's fine. This is all part of Tai Chi. You just go with the flow, right? Uh, but it turned out fine. Everything everything worked out. Uh, so tonight, uh, we're going to uh, – I, I couldn't go from just Tai Chi to something else. I figured that it would be much more fun to go from Tai to cheese. So we're going from necktie. Wow. Thank uh. you. We're going from necktie. To uh, processed cheese, specifically processed cheese. Um, but I had uh, another thought. Uh, you know, we we got we have been. Um, you know, Twitter uh, has been just landmines of spoilers this you know this past week for various other cultural things that that WSKB has been generally av- avoidant to mention. Like we, I mean. We've we've done a pretty good job of always skipping the most the biggest cultural events uh, you know going on around us. It's true. Um, so in in the manner uh, you know in the in the spirit of doing that, I thought that it would be really important for us to be aware of our spoilers. Like everyone knows that the uh, kind of the baseline uh, rule on spoilers on Twitter is uh you know a couple weeks out to a couple months out try not to talk about those things is what you know that's what i've always heard but uh i thought you know another thing that might be really useful to know another spoiler that might be really useful to know uh is what we're going to be basing our opening game on tonight so you guys uh i would like to know <sighs> in maybe maybe uh 
you know, you know, I'm just going to have you guys guess. Uh, I'm going to give you uh, uh, an item of food here. And you guys have to tell me how many days you think uh, that thing is fresh and, av- and able to be eaten without, bat- without ill effects, according to eatbydate.com, which is a real site. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Man, so, I, I thought that was like a, a dating service for food. Like, you put in, like, what you like to eat, and you can find people who also enjoy that food. Eat by date. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I do. Date by eat. Date by eat. Oh, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, no, you got it backward. Yeah, good. Um, All right, so uh, there's only one question for this, you guys, because my favorite one was just the best, and uh, it's listed. Date by eat is available. Wow. So we have our business opportunity here. <laughs> We're just gonna hop right on that as soon as we get off this uh, this episode, guys. We gotta we gotta get on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, the uh, I couldn't find the specific listing here for this exact thing, but the thing that I want to know um, what it's listed under quote uh, hostess cupcakes. But uh, guys, how long does a Twinkie last? Uh, in days? Until it is spoiled, yes. Um, hmm. Hmm. Do you want us to message you? No, I, I just want you to, to tell to tell me. Just guess. Closest, uh, yeah, closest to, uh, we'll get it. I'll say 28 days. All right. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say 29. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> oh, no. Sky, is that your answer? Uh, I'm actually going to say, like, 60. Oh, jeez. I have to do some quick math. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. And that's going to be... Yeah, no, Sky's closer. Uh, Sky, yeah, you are closer. Uh, it is, um, according to Eat by Date and a couple other sources that I checked, uh, a... A hostess Twinkie uh, is only good for forty-five days, not the years and years that we that we've been uh, kind of, you know, led to believe. Hmm. Uh, now, according to that, that's that's the point where something will make you sick. Basically, if you try to eat it, just don't do it. But uh, you know, the things that uh, I found a really fun NPR article about how the you know why it survives as long as it does. But uh, I guess you know the the um, <laughs> the 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 recipe changed within the last five years, of course, because everything does. But uh, there's uh, it's mostly things that are just oil, oil and water, and those things sort of keep cake moist. <laughs> um, but it's not. But it's not just that. It's also a bunch of chemicals that like to hold on to oil and water for a real long time. So something to keep in mind. Oh, also. A really, really tiny, apparently one five hundredth of an egg. They they don't really say what? why. Do they do they use a pipette? I don't know. Tim. Is that so? It can technically be called food. I that's that's honestly my guess. You have egg in it. Yeah, yeah then it's a uh, bake. It's a baking product. It's something. a it's a cake at that point. Yes, because yeah, flour, sugar, and water, and I suppose a tiny bit of egg. But yeah, one five hundredth of an egg is in each uh, each uh, one of those Twinkies that you eat. 
uh, which uh, before they changed the recipe, they actually uh, in, in I think it was 2013, the article said uh, the, the recipe before um, that, that the, the, the newer one lasts for 45 days. Uh, the old one, according to uh, according to NPR, uh, only lasted for about 24 days. So, Tim, huh. you would have been nearly on the nose. So in, you know, 2013, you were exactly correct. Good job. Uh, but t- today, uh, Sky's going to be leading us up to Necktie, which I know we've been to before, but I just yeah. like this page. It's a good page. It's got a lot going on. Oh, it's got a lot man. going for it. Yeah, yeah. It's so, a long piece of, piece of cloth, mm-hmm. a tie is. <laughs> Worn usually by men. There we go. I remember that phrase. Yep. <laughs> uh, for decorative purposes around the neck, resting under the shirt collar and knotted at the throat. There's a lot of variants, including the clip-on tie here, which is great. Oh, I didn't um, even see that. Yeah. Neckties can be worn as part of a uniform. Neckties are traditionally worn with the top shirt button fastened and the tie knot <laughs> resting between the collar points mm-hmm. the collar points never thought to call them that oh yeah that's a, that's a real thing all right is this a roman greek thing there's a long history of ne- neckwear worn by soldiers roman <laughs> there we go yep it is i was just joking because i didn't actually see it here but then yeah there it is it's the first it's just in parens um <laughs> Oh yeah. Whether whether it's part of a uniform or as a symbol of belonging to a particular group, some Clear. form of neckwear other than the outdoor scarf can be traced intermittently through many centuries. Yeah, clearly no one else had ever done it before the Romans ever. Yeah, never thought to stick cloth on their necks. to wrap a cloth around your neck to, as part of a uniform or symbol of belonging to a group. No one had yeah, it, no one had done it. It goes into like the many. Uh, transformations that ties have gone through throughout the years <laughs> becoming cravats mm-hmm. <laughs> stocks scarves bandanas oh yes mm. i like that the long tie has its own listing here too yes um that's the uh that's the tie that gets you uh more uh more shots downfield like oh nice good mm-hmm. <laughs> It's the start of the 21st century. Ties widened to three and a half to three and three fourths inches wide. What happened wow. to them? How was it? Was that like? Uh, was that like the nuclear age? Was that just like uh, a mutation or like? I don't know. And then, but they had to have gotten narrower, right? Mm. Here we go. In 2008 and 2009, the world of fashion saw uh-huh. a return to narrower ties. No citation on that one. No, Specifically, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. No, uh, yeah, no, uh, no citation on that. The world of fashion. A skinny tie. Yeah. yeah, a skinny tie is a necktie that is narrower than the standard tie and often all black. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's a weird. We talk about the Beatles did this. Hmm. Uh, talking about new wave and power pop bands. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, pre-tied ties and development of clip- clip-ons. <laughs> uh, there's a whole section on the opposition to and problems with neckties that I really like. Um, talking about how, uh, you know, they they can be... They can actually be really, you know, 
a, a liability if you're like a police officer or a prison guard or um, yeah. yeah, or you work in any kind of uh, machinery area. One interesting thing that I had not considered, one of the things that I had not considered it as a, a liability, um, they talk about uh, vectors in disease transmission in hospitals specifically because neckties are frequently less cleaned than other clothes. I had never considered that. But yeah, obviously. And it's right yeah, up by people's really mouths. Yeah. Especially if they're doing that gag where it looks like it's coming out of their mouth. <laughs> have you seen that one yeah, yeah. it's good times <laughs> uh lots of different ways to do a knot um i think i usually do a half windsor yes yeah generally i yep. think i do the the el cheapo four in hand oh good whoa what is that makes like? it a little lopsided oh <laughs> Just a little, little to the left. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I don't care about ties to the sign of membership because it's basically just academies. Oh, sure, obviously. Uh, used by women, neckties are often part of uniforms worn by women, which nowadays might be required in professions such as restaurants and police forces. Girls nowadays are required to wear ties as part of primary and secondary school uniforms in many countries. Mm-hmm. Ties may also be used as a fashion statement. Yep. Yep. In the late 1970s and 80s, it was not uncommon for young women in the United States to wear ties as part of a casual outfit. This trend was popularized by Diane Keaton, who wore a tie as the titular character in Annie Hall in 1977. That's right. Oh, and Avril Lavigne gets a a citation a little later. Yeah, she wore neckties with tank tops early in her career. There you go. That's a link I did not think I was going to see on this page. No, we could click on. We could go to Canadian recording artist Avril Lavigne, who <laughs> loves cheese. I mean, so everyone knows. That, yeah. Um. <laughs> let's see. Anything else here? Oh, there's this great symbol for not wearing a necktie. It's so good. <laughs> it's just a necktie with a big like no cross. Yeah. Symbol. Yes. And it's just yeah, like don't don't wear ties. No ties. Um <laughs> in the UK it's popular it is a popular prank to pull someone's tie uh so that it tightens. This prank, known as peanutting mm-hmm. or squat knotting, yep. is often used to embarrass the victim and can be used for more severe bullying. That's mean. It is mean. Um man. A 13-year-old got rushed to the hospital uh, with with spinal injuries. Jeez. After being peanutted, yes. Yeah. You know how you do that. That's bad. Yeah. Um, There's there's anti-necktie sentiment here with two guys, two politicians who do not typically wear ties that have completely turned me off of this section. (laughs) I don't care about either of these men. Or what they have to say about dyes. Right. It's just saying like, oh, you know, like an Apple and Amazon, they're not, you know, management's not wearing ties because they're cool and hip. Right. And young. Uh, wow. That's pretty much the page. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? No, I, I want to I... know, uh, I don't want to, I want to know where you're going to get to, uh, to get to some wow. cheese. Some fake cheese. Yeah. 
I'm going to, we're just going to cheese, right? Straight Proce- out. No, processed cheese. Processed cheese. Well, yes. this still works. Uh, <laughs> it's probably going to be the wonderful. closest. Uh, it's a good page. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> is silk, silk link. What? What? There's silk is mentioned a few times. Here it is. Um, <laughs> it's mentioned here that foreign hand ties are generally made of silk or polyester. I, occasionally with cotton. And I'm going to click on silk. I cannot wait to see where that's going. Um, all right. Well, you're clicking on silk. Tim, where are you going? Uh, under the history of ties, one thing I wanted to mention first under Origins was the, the Steinkirk. Oh, yeah? The Battle of Steenkirk took place in 1692. In this battle, the princes, while hurriedly dressing for battle, dubious, discuss, and edit marks, <laughs> yes. wound these cravats around their necks. They twisted the ends of the fabric together and passed the twisted ends through a jacket buttonhole. These cravats were generally referred to as Steinkirks. I guess, I don't know, if you're in a hurry for a battle, do you really need a, a, a cravat? It's like the it's like that nightmare where you where you wake up, you know, and you're like missing like your shirt or something as you're like when you're going to school and it's like, oh no, I, I don't have time. No, and, you, and and you're like, oh no, uh, it, but these guys thought thought ahead enough and uh, and grabbed these ties. Honey, make sure you put your tie on or your neck's gonna get slashed. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> All right, mom. <laughs> uh, so moving on to the seventeen ten eighteen hundred. Uh, sometime in the late 18th century, cravats began to make an appearance again. Editors know where. <laughs> this can be where attributed indeed. to a group of young men called the Macaronis. As mentioned in the song Yankee Doodle. I'm going to click on Macaronis. Yeah, that sounds nice. like a good call. That's a good uh, call. I hope the place that the cravats were appearing was around their necks. Like, I, I hope that's where they were showing up. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, it's around knows? my ankle. <laughs> how to get there i don't know oh uh let's talk about some silk Ooh, silk it's a natural protein fiber some forms of which can be woven into textiles delicious is <laughs> is cheesecloth made out of <laughs> silk <laughs> who can say not this page <laughs> uh um the protein fiber of silk is composed mainly of fibroin and is produced by certain insect larvae to form cocoons. Best-known silk is obtained from the cocoons of the larvae of the mulberry silkworm, Bomyx mori, which is a great, almost as great a scientific name as Boop Boop. <laughs> you guys all saw that, right? Oh, absolutely, we did. Mm-hmm. The uh, or, there's uh, a fish. Just, yeah, the boop, genus boops Boop. In a bucket. And the, yeah, and then it's <laughs> like it's like there's Boop Boop, and then there's like Boop. Genonias or something like there's there's two fish in this genus and one is yeah. called boop boop and the other one is like boop Genonias or something like that it's like man people who named boop boop knew what they were doing oh it, it was named by linnaeus himself uh i uh one of the one of the um one of the replies at the later down in that thread mentioned that it came from uh you know oh i forget his first name but yeah linnaeus like yeah wow well, yeah <laughs> That's wild. I wish the other one was like boop bop. <laughs> like boop boop and boop bop. That'd be great. That would be really good. Uh, in general, only the silk of moth caterpillars have been used for textile manufacturing. 
Um, yeah, that was a good sound wipe right there. The the little you like that? That was good. I liked it. Yeah, the word word silk comes from Old English siak. Uh huh. Something ultimately from an Asian source. It's just like, hey, these words sound like silk, so that's why. So we're gonna now sounds like silk. Yeah, wild silk. (laughs) Um. That is a, by caterpillars. Was that's that definitely a perfume? Someone has there definitely it's, made one. It's true. Sorry, go on. Wild silk. Um, there are several reasons for this. They differ from the mm, the scale of production was always far smaller than than for cultivated silks. There are several reasons for this. First, they differ from the domesticated varieties in color and texture, and are therefore less uniform. And second, cocoons gathered in the wild have usually had their pupa emerge from them after being discovered so the silk thread that makes up the cocoon has been torn into shorter lengths mm-hmm. not as good many wild co- cocoons raccoons <laughs> <laughs> many wild cocoons are covered in a mineral layer that prevents attempt to reel them from long strands of silk i mean that's basic that's the same it sounds like hard work yeah you can't just go out and find some silk it's tough mm-hmm <laughs> Uh, silk was first developed in ancient China. There's two cit- citations for that. Uh, oh, this is the thing. To the Romans. Yeah. <laughs> this is the thing that the Romans don't want. Okay. Yeah. It's the thing they can't have. Mm. Yeah. Uh, earliest example, we were found in the tombs of the Neolithic, uh, at the Neolithic site, uh, Janu in Henan and date back, uh, 8,500 years. Um, silk fabric from 3630 BC was used as wrapping for the body of a child. Mm. Uh, neat. That's neat. Um, lots of stuff for silk in, in China because it's a big deal. You might say this this page has a... It's a luxury. Yeah, there's a, there's a long thread to this page. There's a long thread, yes. Mm-hmm. Also a long history in India... It is known as Resham in eastern and northern India and Patu in southern parts of India. Very good. Yeah. Um, there's some silk weaving here. That seems pretty cool. Yeah. A lot of stuff. And then there's medieval and modern Europe. It talks about the necktie here. Hey. Yeah. There's dresses made from silk, a bed covered with silk. Silk, silk, silk. <laughs> Good. Smock, smock, smock. Uh, all right. Um, King James I introduced silk growing to the British colonies in America around 1619, ostensibly to discourage tobacco planting. The Shakers in Kentucky adopted the practice. Okay. <laughs> that um, that tracks. Yeah. Man, there's. I thought I was near the end of this page, but I was about halfway through. Yeah, no. There's a lot um, to it. Raw silk uh, looks very flowy. <laughs> it's very it's very shiny. Silk is a poor conductor of electricity and thus uh, susceptible to static cling. So, mm, un, un, unbecoming. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it can, it can shrink. Let's see. So here's actually where... Let me check. I'm going to scroll down, make sure there's anything else that's, that's neat. Uh, animal rights. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Not to say that we're brushing that off, just that, yeah, that we, right. we, we know. <laughs> this is important. Yeah. The the silkworms sometimes can get killed bad, badly. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go back up here. Because if I knew cheesecloth, probably want to be here. But I think there's something biodegradability. I'm really surprised that goat silk wasn't on here. Like, yeah. I know we've talked about goat silk, but I'm really surprised that it's not on here. You'd think that they would. I mean, come on, Wikipedia. What what is this what is this website even for if not for things like goat silk? Enzymes <laughs> are the means used to achieve degradation of silk in in vitro. I think I'm gonna click on enzymes. You're okay. Because enzyme you use those to make cheese. <laughs> Cheese? Yes? <laughs> you want to take that again? I think you use it to make the cheesies. <laughs> Let's hope. All right. Clicking on, <laughs> Clicking on some enzymes. It's going to be a very fascinating page, I'm certain. Oh, All right. Yeah. Uh, Science <laughs> ones are always great. Tim, Tim, yes. please, please tell me everything about the man that I see in this picture off to the right. This is a very dashing man. Is he? Yeah, I don't think you can, think you, can, you can please, dash can you anywhere. Can please send that to Sky while I, while I talk? Oh, absolutely. I so can. this is macaroni fashion. Macaroni fashion. A macaroni in mid-18th <laughs> century. my favorite Friends of the Table character. <laughs> oh my gosh, it is. Sorry, go on. A macaroni in mid-18th century England was a fashionable fellow who dressed and even spoke in an outlandishly affected and epicene manner. The term mm. pejoratively referred to a man who, quote, exceeded the ordinary bounds of fashion, unquote, in terms mm. of clothes, fastidious eating, and gambling. He mixed continental oh. affectations with his English nature, like a practitioner of macaronic verse, which mixed English and Latin to comic effect, oh. laying himself open to satire. Uh, and then there's just a quote from something. What is this? It, it's quoted. The Oxford too. Magazines from 1770. Oh, jeez. States, there is indeed a kind of animal, neither male nor female, a thing of the neutered gender, lately, mm. 1770, started up among us. It is called a macaroni. It talks without meaning. It smiles without pleasantry. It eats without mm. appetite. It rides without exercise. It wenches without passion. Ugh. It went, ooh. Uh, anyway, so the uh, image that we sent over there is uh, uh, the, the, uh, it, the, um, the caption says the macaroni, a real character at the late masquerade. And it appears to be a, uh, a, a, just a drawing, I guess, of a man here who is wearing the, you know, the high legged stockings and the long waistcoat with little pom poms on the feet and knees and sh wrists and shoulders, or at least one shoulder. And a wig that is as tall as he is with yeah. a little hat at the top of it of course yes yes and uh, his posture is like i'm about to do a steal yes <laughs> pretty much yeah <laughs> the early concept of the hamburglar yeah that's what i actually thought of is like the he hamburglar the in his wig <laughs> yes um but it says uh Expression was particularly used to characterize fops who dressed in high fashion with tall powdered wigs with a chapeau bras on top that could only be removed on the point of a sword. 
Wow. Oh, and they actually have put your hat on and take it off. Yeah. They actually have an image here of someone removing one with the point of a sword. So so in, uh, in the origin section, think on this. Think of how we currently view macaroni. You and then me? listen to this. Young men food? who had been to Italy on the Grand Tour had developed a taste for macaroni, a type of pasta little known in England then, and so they were said to belong to the macaroni club. They would refer to anything that was fashionable or a la mode as very macaroni. Okay. So, uh, so this is like... Hmm. That's like, what explains the song Yankee Doodle. So wait, like what? So they're saying that okay. So they're they're saying that some very fashionable food that people just didn't know much about because it was you know this is fashionable and no one you know only the very rich you know even deal with it or the very I guess. Uh, fancy, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, but like ketchup. Yeah, I, I, what's the food today that that would be like? Is, is this us making fun of people who like kale? Very avocado. Oh no, it is. Yeah, I don't know. Like, but there needs that elephant, that element of like. I guess it kind of is exotic. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're not. They're not from here. Hmm. I I feel like there is an entire segment of of uh, like stereotypes online of people who like avocado. It's very avocado. Yeah, it's very avo- so avocado. Oh wow, that this this is upsetting. <laughs> uh, so, the song uh, but also are these wigs? So yes. From the time of the American Revolutionary War, mentions a man who stuck a feather in his hat and called it macaroni. Great. Dr. Richard Schuckberg was a British surgeon and also the author of the song's lyrics. The joke which he was making was that the Yankees were naive enough to believe that a feather in the hat was a sufficient mark of a macaroni. Wait, so they're, they're, they're not even saying... That's like saying that the food is also the word for being cool. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, like, that's the point. Yeah, that's what the point. That's like, yeah. Oh, I, this is even more upsetting now. Yep. It's like a status thing. Yeah, but just to say, like, oh, that's avocado. Yes. Like, that's... Right. Mm. It's not even just food. It's... Yeah. It is It is the extra thing. It represents a lifestyle. Have we done that? Ha- Do we have a current one of those? Hmm. I'll have to think on this. This is upsetting. I mean, hipster's kind of that. I guess. But it's also not, like, a thing. But, but we don't have... But it, it's not a food that you... you right. Yeah. Hmm. So... Anyway, I am going yeah, to... Uh, macaroni itself is not linked here. Yeah, I'm surprised but, by that. But pasta is. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm going nice. to pasta. Oh, as we all should. Let's just go to pasta, you guys. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Pasta is a destination. <laughs> to itself. Pasta uh, makes you fat. Uh, but it sounds That's, amazing. That class... Yes. A classic line from our favorite hit cultural movie, <laughs> Scott Pilgrim. Great. Sam oh. <laughs> Sam Pil- Pilly. Oh, I I uh, was I was thinking of the uh of the text from Dog uh meme or like webcomic from years ago where uh they they were telling the dog you can't just eat all the time uh cuz it'll you'll you'll get fat and the dog says that fat sounds awesome let's get that. 
Let's go, let's get fat. Uh, you guys know what enzymes are, right? <laughs> Seventh grade biology. No, no, Sky, go ahead. What let, does an enzyme go, do? Yeah, in, you know, just give us a just give us a brief rundown on what this page says an enzyme does. <laughs> they're macro <laughs> They're macro molecular biological catalysts. Oh, they accelerate chemical reactions, guys. Yeah. Yeah, you know, man. <laughs> they just go nuts. Like the other stuff, just goes nuts <laughs> for the stuff. And they get they get their button gear. And they, they get do real excited. Yep. Um, almost all metabolic processes in the cell need enzyme catalysts to in order to occur at rates fast enough to sustain life. I don't. That makes me very anxious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I I get it. I I'm I'm there with you. That's upsetting. Um the study of enzymes is called enzymology and a new field of pseudoenzyme analysis has recently Ooh. grown up recognizing that during evolution some enzymes have lost the ability to carry out biological catalysts which is often uh, reflected in their amino acid sequences and unusual pseudocatalytic properties. Oh dang. So it's like your tailbone. Yeah. There, but it, it might not do it. it might, I mean, it, it, it does. Do it does it, but just not. We don't need the thing that it does. Specifically. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's like uh, we're done. Done with you. <laughs> but it's still cool uh, when it happens. They're generally gobular proteins. Uh huh. Acting alone in lar- or in larger complexes. Those are the two options. That's it. You can either do it alone or together. Yep. Uh. Substate binding is here. Lock and key model. All Wait, the best ones. I remember yeah. this from yeah biology. All my favorite um, ones. In 1894, Emil Fischer uh, proposed that both the enzyme and the substrate uh, pr- possess specific complementary geometric shapes that fit exactly into one another. Mm. This is often referred to as the lock and key model. The early model explains enzymes specifically specificity but fails to explain the stabilization of the transition state that enzymes achieve mm. close real close and, and and i mean let's be honest that sounds like a fun model that, that just every yeah every single yeah. little like cell and there's things a shape like that, that fits you yeah they just go together oh what's that horror there's that japanese horror um manga guy you know what I'm talking about? With yes. the holes. Oh, yeah. This uh, is this is uh, my hole. Edo? This was made for me. Yeah. Um. Hold up. Uh, Junji uh, Ito. Yeah. Junji Ito. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's that, but for Terrifying. for for enzymes. Yes. <laughs> yep. And the, there's this, holes just pop up that are the exact size of people, and they're like, I I don't know, like willed into just getting in this hole and then they disappear or something. It's bizarre. Something like that. That's horror. That's horror to me. He also does one about cats because, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Coenzymes. It's when enzymes are living together in sin. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> let's see. So, was I wrong? I mean, glucose is here. No, is you're glucose and cheese. <laughs> I mean. Sky, you've got cheese quite is a, here. Keep yeah. scrolling down. Keep scrolling down. Industrial to, applications. Industrial applications. Sorry. Yeah. Just I can't. Using the chemical industry and other industrial applications when extremely specific catalysts are required. Um, 
I can't stress enough that they make these things that deal in food sound the worst way possible. For sure. Let's talk about biofuel. You got brewing, which makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Got to improve the ward of beer. Yep. Uh, Culinary uses. Uh, Papane to tenderize meat for cooking. Sure. You got the dairy industry. And those are those are for the cheesies. <laughs> what? I just do you think that because I mean when you tenderize meat you have to like mash it. Do you think that it's like bringing the like there's some engineer out there who's like <laughs> just, bringing the papain. You know, you someone go. is you, very excited about that. I thought you were going to suggest that it should just list here a hammer, like <laughs> enzymes used hammer. Yes. <laughs> Speed that along. I mean, it works. I also like. And I, I, I'm fairly certain that this doesn't work. Um, I misread the uh, the one that the biological detergent for removing stains from common from from the common food additive guar gum. Um, I misread uh, mananasis apparently there is as mayonnaise, and I was like, I don't think oh. mayonnaise does that. <laughs> I don't think that's something a mayonnaise does. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it won't do that. Uh, but what? It- hydrolyze uh this is renin it hydrolyzes protein in the manufacture of cheese and there's lipases uh-huh lipases lipases uh to to produce specifically camembert cheese and blue cheese so i i've got i camembert is linked blue cheese is linked and cheese is linked i think i'm just gonna go to cheese just cheese in general just straight up cheese just cheese dang all right, Tim. Uh, you got you have. This is a horse race. I'm certain that there's something close in there, but yeah. Let what do you got? So pasta, you know what pasta is. It's life. <laughs> but um, this reminded me uh, earlier today. The Twitter account Bon Appetit, okay, provided a quick video on how to make quote adult mac and cheese unquote. Mm. I'm going to link that to you guys right now. Is it all just like rude shapes? Is that what it is? No. Okay. It's just very bland and joyless. All right. Oh, actually, my. this looks great. <laughs> it kind I, of just... I cannot. We, we stopped eating mac and cheese. Like I, I, we, I ate mac and cheese growing up. I ate it through college. Um, it's not Candace's favorite, so we just stopped eating it. And I'll see it at like the the grocery store, and I'll be like, "Don't eat that." Right. Also, I think I've told this story on here. Or at least mentioned it, but one of my roommates in college. Oh yes, <laughs> that's a, yes. He ate so much macaroni and tree cheese, and drank so much Mountain Dew in a small period that he had to go to the hospital. <laughs> and they like he got very sick, and he went to the hospital. And the doctor's basically like, "Dude, what you can't you- eat. You gotta eat something else." Oh my gosh. Your body is shutting down. <laughs> I can't remember specifically. Yeah, like your body was shutting down. Like the dye in the cheat in the macaroni and cheese was like building up in a bad way. I don't know. That's yeah, incredible. Yeah, I get it. This does look bland, but I am also a bland adult, like a All big right. bland, boring adult, and this looks fantastic. I, I do want to say, and specifically, I, I want to point out that they add. As I'm counting the different pats of butter, they add at least a stick and a half of butter to this. So I'm also it's not... very possible. Yeah, but then they, add, they just throw in a few handfuls of like Parmesan cheese. I mean, yeah, and it's like, great. but that's not like when I think of mac and cheese, I think of something that melts. 
Parmesan melts. No, it does. Not, not the kind that you put on like. Not not. That's real Parmesan. That's not like. Yeah, no, that's, that's not the craft stuff. Real stuff. Yeah. I. Yeah, uh, that's just very finely graded. Because <laughs> that's what we. That's what Candice uses in. Uh, that pasta she makes. Mm. Carbonara. Ooh, Bam. nice. So I'm still just going to disagree on principle here. That's fair. It's okay. And, I'm boring. Uh, I hope you don't mind. The other day when we were at a grocery store, same time that I looked at the, at the macaroni and cheese and said, That's, that looks gross, I said to Candace, we should just buy some pasta and we can like, you know, just put some <laughs> butter in it and like just have some butter and pasta. That sounds really good. Yeah. Because that's where I'm at now. Fat and starches. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Hit me with so those the, oils and starches, man. <laughs> so the, the interesting etymology of, of pasta, the first attested in English in 1874, the word pasta comes from the Italian pasta, in turn from the Latin pasta, which is a Latinization of the Greek pasta, which means barley porridge. It's, I mean, it's pasta oh, all the way down great. until it got to porridge. Yeah. Yep. Uh, see here, man, there's a lot about pasta. Uh, there's a legend of Marco Polo importing pasta from China, which originated with the Macaroni Journal. Oh, published boy. by an association of food industries with the goal of promoting pasta in the United States. I just don't uh, think that would be how they would do it today. Now I'm thinking because I can't do all of that cheese in the in that pasta that or the macaroni and cheese that you showed us. Mm-hmm. Like now I'm trying to think of other ways around it, like how I could still do this. Parmesan's yeah. fine. Um, like that doesn't have a lot of lactose in it, but like the right. I'm, I'm thinking about like. Mm, I don't know. I don't know how else I could do like fake cheese without lactose, but it reminded me of this place that we went to up in Ann Arbor not too long ago where everything was vegan and we had nachos with cheese and the cheese was made out of cashews. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was really good, like surprisingly good. Like if you did not know, uh you would think it was just nacho cheese. But it was pretty impressive. Until it got cold and then then it was like oh oh this is peanut butter okay but when it was hot it was cheese it was basically exactly the same so i i could do that i guess i would just have to keep the macaroni just like hot all the time (laughs) (laughs) um evolution using tomato sauce to get pasta as flavor was revolutionary dang right since it was originally eaten plain the consumption of pasta has changed over time while once a small simple item it is now often eaten in much larger portions and is part of complex, sophisticated dishes. That's right. You ever hear on my brother, my brother, and me? Where apparently they had originally tricked um, Griffin as a kid to believe that, like, the pasta in the bowls in, like, the front of Olive Garden that are there for decoration. Yes. Were there to, like, snack on before you were waiting. Candace has been, yeah, running through this, and she came across it. Yeah. So we just listened to this recently. Oh, my gosh. Just like... And he, he learned this, apparently, on a, on a live show in front of an audience. Yes. <laughs> they realized this. He realized this in real time. He was like, wait, wait, wait. This is... A, wait, everyone's silent. You know, does Olive Garden have in the front pasta for you to snack on and the whole line is like no he's like you sons of bitches <laughs> <laughs> he's they're like he's like the worst thing is I, I didn't only go to Olive Garden with you guys 
<laughs> there are definitely times when I was like, hey, friends, I'm a little peckish. And I'm here. You want some, you want some pasta? <laughs> so gross. Uh, um, so cheese is not linked here. I'm really surprised, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I might just stick with my macaroni trip and go to macaroni the actual pasta. That sounds that sounds like Cuz I mean if you're going to get processed cheese, that's macaroni. That is where you go. Yeah. yeah. Um I actually thought that's what you were going to get pretty early on in there. I I just wanted to share this painting from 1800 called Boy with Spaghetti. Yes. And it's just it's just great. It's just this little kid with in a little, you know, a little uh like cloth hat and and like an a shirt that doesn't quite fit and he's holding up a couple uh strings of spaghetti and he just looks very happy and man i understand that yeah yeah it is a cute pick i mean this was this was painted in 1808 like this is before photography but he's looking straight at you <laughs> <laughs> yeah like and almost posing for a photo yeah it's, it's very strange uh i would like to point out in here as well uh, that it's, it mentions here, and it's in the history part of pasta. Um, in Greek mythology, it is believed that the, the god Hephaestus uh, invented a device that made strings of dough. This is the earliest reference to a pasta maker. That's cited, guys. I don't oh. know why. I mean, that's not real. That's not a real, like, it's mythology. Like, it's not a real thing. Like, Yeah, that's bizarre. Why would it says he... it's a first reference. It's like, yeah, yeah, sure, he made the shit up, but like later, it's the truth. Like it's a true thing. But I mean, oh, I. Why would you make the? Why would you like? I guess, yeah. Actually, as I think of it now, like you would, if this food was was really good, but it was a pain to make, you would dream of a machine. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay, I stand corrected. But still, I've never made pasta. I've always wanted to do like the bird nest method and like just do that one day. But it looks like a pain. Yeah, we went to a restaurant last night actually, uh, where they make their own, like, hand make all their pasta. Yeah, and you could tell the 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 spaghetti, the noodles were amazing. But also, like, I was thinking about the process of it. And we were talking about it while we were eating. And like, this, like, I like the concept of this a lot. <laughs> and the food is really good. But also, I don't ever want to do this. Why would I? Like, why would anyone want to do this? Mm-hmm. But anyway, Tim, I don't know where macaroni. Oh, there it is. I've been looking for it this whole time. There are forty-two mentions of macaroni on this page, so <laughs> I and found a few the one. Them are, are linked. I found one. Yes, finally. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Sky, uh, you just found the cheesiest page on uh, on Wikipedia. Tell Here us it about it. Yeah, we're just going to cover a few things because mm-hmm. we'll be back here. Oh, for certain. It's a dairy product derived from milk that is produced in a wild, wide range of flavors, textures, and forms by coagulation of the milk protein casein. Great. Thanks, aliens. Yep. It compromises proteins. It comp- compromises. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> kind of. I mean, Actually, kind of. I got some, uh, hey, protein, I've got some photos. Like, oh, no. <laughs> Can we just speed this up? Because that's how enzymes work. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it comprises proteins and fat from milk, uh, usually the milk of cows, buffalo, lo, 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 uh, goats, and or or sheep. Very good. 
during production, the milk is usually acidified, and adding the enzyme rennet causes coagulation. The solids are separated and pressed into final form. Some cheeses have molds <laughs> on the rind, the this outer layer, or throughout. Form, Most cheeses melt at cooking temperature. At cooking te- cooking temperature? I mean, I hope. I guess. Yeah. I guess cooking temperature is a thing. I, I mean, it depends on what kind of cheese it is, though. Like, eh, or, Yeah, because there's a thousand types of cheese. Uh, well, more than Over that. Over a thousand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a wonderful world of cheese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their textures and flavors, <laughs> their styles depend on the origin of the milk, including the animal's diet. Whether they have been pasteurized, the butterfat content, the bacteria and mold, love cheese, the processing and aging. Herb spices or, wor- wor- <laughs> or wood smoke may be used as flavoring agents. Um, the yellow or red cover of many red color. I- I'm off today. The yellow or red color of many cheeses, such as uh, oh. red Leicester, sure. is produced by adding annatto. Other ingredients may be added to some cheeses, such as black pepper, garlic, chives, or some cranberries. Dang. Yo, give me a cranberry up in my cheese, that please. That sounds amazing, yes. Yeah. That's tart. Oh. Just cut it, getting cut by those, that milk protein. Mm. <laughs> Uh, for a few cheeses, the milk is curdled by adding acids because what are we doing? <laughs> because humans just take any food. If there's one thing I've learned about how humans eat food from this, from doing this, this podcast, it's just, can we put these things together? Will it kill us? Let's find out. Well, if we put vinegar in there, it curdles. Great. It tastes okay. <laughs> can we still eat this it? Sure. Like, this tastes awful, but it also tastes very sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, oh, that's very macaroni. <laughs> that's very macaroni. Um, <laughs> Cheesemakers near a dairy region may benefit from fresher, lower-priced milk and lower shipping costs. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Wikipedia, for pointing out how markets and like capitalism works. Basic economics, yes. Why is cheese valued? <laughs> it's portable. It has a long life. It's portable. High content of fat, protein, calcium. And phosphorus. Oh, that's what I think of when I think of cheese, is I want my daily dose of phosphorus. Get that sweet, sweet phosphorus. It's more compact and has a larger shelf life than milk. I never thought of it as being more compact. I mean, I guess that's true. I guess it is just... One certainly fits in your hand better. Yeah, Yeah. I, I guess it is just really dense milk, if you think about it. Uh, Some last... um. Longer than others. Generally speaking, hard cheeses, such as Parmesan, last longer than soft cheeses, such sure. as Brie. Makes sense. Um, but do they both last the same amount under interrogation? I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to know. <laughs> uh, yeah, etymology, the word cheese comes from Latin casus. Sure. Which is the modern word, or where casein is derived. Um, the earliest source is from the Proto-Indo-European root quat, which means to ferment, become sour. The word cheese comes from chiz in mi- Middle English. Uh-huh. And cheese or chiz in Old English. Good. Similar words are shared by other West Germanic languages. Um, so while you're talking about the words regarding cheese here, I yeah. just want to point out that I scrolled farther down and I read... 
<laughs> I read cheese board, which is, uh, according to this, a, a cheese board is a, or a cheese course is a dessert cheese served at the end of a meal. But when I read it immediately, my brain went to, <laughs> this is the way that the Swedish chef asks for a cheeseburger, <laughs> a cheese board. <laughs> that's a that's definitely just Swedish chef for cheeseburger. 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 <laughs> uh, Sorry. Highest uh, consumption of cheeses in 2014 by country. Oh boy. oh boy, it's us, isn't it? Nah, dog. What? France, Iceland, oh, Finland, right. Denmark, and Germany. Because what we eat most of the time. Oh, it's not real cheese. I guess it's oh no, not real cheese. <laughs> oh no, it's not considered real cheese. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> or it's like we just we just put a slice on it, and like I mean, the French That's... are just nomming a big hunk of cheese. <laughs> hunk of cheese. Um, yeah, it's that's wild. I I definitely thought we would have been up there, but apparently not. Oh wow! There are a lot of cool subsections here, including curdling, yeah. <laughs> cooking, and eating. Uh, that's my uh, favorite Olympic winter sport, though. Cultural attitudes. Wow. <laughs> a whole oh, that's, section. A, that's such a good pun. They don't even... Figurative mean. expressions. What? In 19th century, cheese was used as a figurative way of saying the proper thing. This usage comes from Urdu cheese, uh, from Persian chiz, from Old Persian, which means something. What? Wait, so... <laughs> yeah, okay... He, for example, in the expression, he's the real cheese, like the big cheese, like yeah. Uh, oh, what? That to cut a big cheese is this used a... to mean to look important? Mm, is <laughs> it does it? not mean. <laughs> yeah, but then it does talk about cut the cheese oh, becoming meaning to flatulate. Yeah. Like, was that just a thing that we that we've left off in English, where we just name all of our sayings after food? Is that? It, is that a thing that we just haven't done in a while? I guess so. It also says here that besides the meanings we know, like to be cheesed off or to say yeah. cheese when you're getting your picture taken. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also recorded that cheese used to mean to stop what one is doing, to run off. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, hey, I'm oh, just going to che- cheese no. out of here. Yeah, I was going to say, Sky, we still like, yeah, cheese it. Let, yeah, I. Oh, yeah, let's cheese it. You're right. That's, that's still used. Thing. In video game slang, to oh. cheese it means to win a game by using a strategy that requires minimal skill and knowledge, oh, or that really exploits want... a gitch or f- a gitch, <laughs> a glitch or flaw in game design. I really want to click that video game called. Oh no, it's slang goes to video game culture. Ugh, that's less. Oh, that's less bad. Fun. Yeah. Uh, the adjective cheesy has two meanings. Two of Only them. Two. The first is literal. It means cheese-like. <laughs> <laughs> What's the second one, Sky? Uh, Is it figurative? It's figurative. In the late 19th century, medical writers used the term cheesy in a more literal sense to describe morbid substances found in tumors, no. flesh, etc. No! Uh, the more figurative sense, meaning cheap, inferior. Um, this use is attested from 1896, perhaps originally U.S. student slang. Um, yeah, great. All right. One of I the other processed cheese. Yeah, just uh, it, along those lines, near what I had read earlier, they mentioned the phrase up here. Uh, uh, even a melted cheese eventually turns solid again after enough moisture is cooked off. 
It says, uh, the saying, you can't melt cheese twice, refers to the fact that oils leach out during the first melting and are gone, leaving the non-meltable solids behind. Have you ever heard the phrase, you can't, help, you can't melt cheese twice? No. No. I... I, I mean, you? no. Maybe it's a maybe it's a British thing. It must be. But yeah, apparently it, it's a it's a phrase or a saying that means uh, that some things can only be done once. Like so, melting cheese. Like cooking cheese, but it's not true. You can definitely cook it again. It's just a different thing. Yeah. Anyway, you'll never get it back to its original form. <laughs> the cheese is gone. <laughs> the cheese is gone. <laughs> Process. <laughs> The cheese is gone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the rest. I don't know how that song goes. Nope, it's that. That's it. No, I think it's the whole song. <laughs> um, we all remember that hit. The cheese is gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh, I, I don't have time to look up the lyrics to "Love Is Gone" and try to make one about cheese. <laughs> uh, processed cheeses. It's That'll made be- from traditional cheese and emulsifying salts. Often with the addition of milk, more salt, <laughs> preservatives, <laughs> and food coloring. Yeah. I'm going to click on that. Oh, dang. On processed cheese. He did it. Oh, so close. Well done. Tim, do you want to talk about macaroni at all? It's surprisingly boring. Uh, <laughs> macaroni is dry pasta shaped like narrow tubes made with mm-hmm. durum wheat. Typically shut in a shut cut into short lengths uh curved macaroni may be referred to as elbow macaroni Mm. some home machines can make macaroni shapes but like most pasta macaroni is usually made commercially by large-scale extrusion one of my favorite words there oh man that is a wskb classic yep um yeah there was not processed cheese on here there was a link to macaroni and cheese um see here culinary use outside of italy uh macaroni and cheese is a popular dish in north america of course mm-hmm. the same dish known simply as macaroni cheese is also popular in great britain where it originated a sweet macaroni pudding containing milk Ooh. and sugar uh, rather similar to a rice pudding was also popular with the british during the victorian era that's really interesting i can yeah. i can see it but i don't know if i would actually want to eat that Um, In areas with large Chinese populations open to Western cultural influence, local Chinese have adopted macaroni as an ingredient for Chinese-style Western cuisine. Uh, In Hong Kong's tea restaurants and Southeast Asia's coffee shops, macaroni are cooked in water and then rinsed to remove starch and served in clear broth with ham or frankfurter sausages, peas, black mushrooms, and optionally eggs, reminiscent of noodle soup dishes. Yeah, that's ramen. What you're describing yeah. is ramen. Yeah, with macaroni. That sounds amazing. Yeah, not bad. Um, that's pretty much it. Like, oh, um, the product, uh, as well as the name macaroni, derived from the ancient Greek macaria. Oh my gosh. The academic consensus supports that the word is derived from the Greek, uh, a kind of macaria, a kind of barley broth, which was served to commemorate the dead. What? So never oh my gosh. macaroni and cheese, you're honoring the dead. <laughs> in turn, that comes from makaros, meaning blessed dead. And oh then ultimately goodness. from makarios uh, means blessed and happy, 
What? Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Even farther. Uh, the, it can have two origins. The first is in the medieval Greek, uh, macaronia, meaning dirge, which would literally be the funeral meal and then food to serve during, uh, yeah, during that office at, like, at the funeral. It's a, it's a, yeah, in sort, in the, in the sense of a rice-based dish served at the funeral. Oh my goodness. I, I had no idea. That that's a much deeper noodle than I thought it was. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that's the name of the episode. You're welcome. A much deeper noodle. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. Or are you? Okay. All right. Processed cheese. You did it, Sky. Processed cheese, also known as prepared cheese, cheese product, or cheese sing- singles. <laughs> it's made from cheese and other unfermented dairy ingredients mixed with emulsifiers. Mm-hmm. Vegetable oils, salt, food coloring, or sugar may be included. Um, its invention is accredited to Walter Gerber of Thun, Switzerland, in 1911. Way to go, Walt! <clears throat> uh, yeah, <laughs> There's a I'd... picture here of a sliced, a slice of processed cheese, mm-hmm. and every, it's it's spectacular because. There's there's a flash like the, the the photo is using flash. It's too close to the camera. It's yeah. too close to the camera. The cheese looks very greasy. Yes. The hand looks very greasy. <laughs> the floor is like the tile that looks greasy. Yes, like it's just everything about it is like look at this greasy cheese. This guy needs to cut his fingernails. Like everything oh about it. Oh my gosh, I didn't even really, see that. Yeah, it's just like, very. It's I mean everything on this image looks emulsified just yes, the whole thing. exactly it's uh, overprocessed i think my favorite line in i i think yeah one of my favorite sentences we've had so far in in recent memory on on a wikipedia page maybe for the last like uh i don't know five or so episodes processed cheese has a has several technical advantages over natural cheese tactical <laughs> technical Te- oh, technical, technical. I want tactical Although, advantages. Tactical. Cheese, yeah. yeah, tactical cheese advantages would be amazing. I mean, one tactical advantage is, advantage is that it sticks to the face <laughs> much more than a normal unprocessed slice of cheese oh, yeah, as that was proven by Twitter. Why would people do this? My mother-in-law, like, we, Kansas, had not heard, Kansas and I had not heard about this. My mother-in-law had just texted us like, hey, have you have you tried, have you put cheese on Griffin? We're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Have you have you like stuck, have you, like thrown a slice of cheese on him and seen what happens? I'm like, what? <laughs> and then if I learned later that this is a thing, she didn't she didn't say like, oh, this is like a Facebook this is thing. A meme. This is a meme. She's just like <laughs> out of the blue. Have you thrown cheese on your, on your son? And we're like, what? <laughs> I think this is the best way to find out about any meme is just to have you know, oh, have you done this thing? That, yeah, but without explaining that it's part of a me. <laughs> you can also do it to cats, but yeah. Oh my man! But the technical advantages are longer shelf life, resistance to separating when cooked, mm-hmm. and a uniform look and physical behavior. I mean, technically, does that mean that that saying doesn't work for them? Because yeah, the resistance to separating when cooked—that would be that you can cook cheese twice. They're just, I mean. Just processed cheese. But why would you? 
Yes. Yeah. Why would you cook this twice? That's a bad idea. Um. Yeah, the use of emulsifiers is what makes it so that when it melts, it doesn't separate. Great. Um. Oh, uh, science. Some, yeah. Some cheeses, some like natural cheeses, especially cheddar and mozzarella, separate into a lumpy molten protein gel and liquid fat combination. Mm. Mm. Love so it. Good. Cheese. Why is cheese so delicious but also so gross? I like. Uh, so um, I did initially. Are what's that? Delicious. I said grilled cheeses are delicious. I can't mm. believe grilled cheese isn't. Jeez, it has to be here. I'm sorry, Sky. Did you say grilled cheesies? Is that a yeah? Is that a different thing than just a grilled cheese? I, I'm I I'm not trying how, to be. I think it's a home, how Homestar Runner says it, isn't it? Okay, okay. I, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't like mishearing you, and I like, and this is a real thing that I just don't know about, and it just sound like a complete fool. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think it's Homestar Runner. That sounds great. Um, I, I might be misremembering. I, see. I I here's here's the thing since I have not had since lactose intolerance really kicked it a high gear for me. Yeah. I've not had a grilled cheese sandwich. And the only thing that I miss I I I thought about this a while ago actually because we my you know, my friends wanted to go to a place that is famous for grilled cheese sandwiches. Sure. <clears throat> and I think the only thing that I actually miss about grilled cheese sandwiches is dipping one into uh, tomato soup and eating it. Oh, yeah. That's the only way to do it. Yeah. Man. Agreed. Uh, That's but, so good. But, like, grilled cheese itself, I could take or leave. I, I really don't miss it. Mm. But like, I really, really like grilled cheese. But the act of that, of doing that thing, like, that, the, like the acid and, and, the, mm-hmm. and the, you know, like, the crunchiness and the, and the, like, savory part, like, all of that, that I miss. <laughs> yeah, So I guess... Sure. I guess what I'm saying is that I need to get some some I guess some nacho cashew uh, like cheese. Yes. <laughs> Grill it and dip it in some some tomato soup. I don't I don't miss how greasy the bread gets when you make grilled cheese. I don't know. That's still that's part of the that's part of it. Especially for me, after I think. seeing that photo. Well, that's a fair point. <laughs> I don't point. want to eat anything that glistens for a while. <laughs> yeah. It really it really put me off to a lot of th- I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. It's a bad photo. Like it's it's like a perfectly bad photo. Yeah. Like ah, man, almost like Wikipedia. they were trying. Yeah. I just love that it's like, you know what? You know what'll contrast this piece of cheese is my white <laughs> tile floor. Yeah. Maybe that's that can't be their it might be their counter. I think it's their counter, honestly. Uh yeah, even better even better um all right well legal definitions <laughs> what owing to its highly mechanized uh like assembly line methods of, of production and additive ingredients like oil salts and colors some softer varieties of processed cheese cannot legally be labeled as actual cheese in many countries even though even uh those in which slightly harder varieties can be um, or even those in which slightly harder varieties can be. Such yeah. products tend to be classified as cheese food Good. or cheese spread or cheese product. Ugh. I think that might be why on the other page it's like, no, the U.S. isn't the, the big cheese eater oh, because yeah, yeah, most of the time we're eating cheese not food. Not cheese. <laughs> yes. Definitely not cheese. My favorite brand of uh, <laughs> cheese in a can. <laughs> not cheese. Not cheese. <laughs> Um, um. Oh, oh no! Which also put sounds it on... like a very cute way to say nachos. <laughs> <laughs> Can you give me some nachos? 
<laughs> oh man, I could go for some nachis right now. <laughs> some nachis and totally, grilled cheesies. Totally nomin these nachis. Yeah. Uh, what is cult? What is culture? Okay. Well, some varieties of Kraft Singles, formerly labeled pasteurized processed cheese food, uh, became pasteurized prepared cheese products. Mm. Velveeta was relabeled from pasteurized processed cheese spread to pasteurized prepared cheese product, and Easy Cheese from pasteurized product cheese spread to pasteurized cheese snack. <laughs> It's not even a full food. <laughs> Just snack. Now, now to contrast the the very greasy, gross picture of cheese, we have this example of a good way to photograph <laughs> cheese. And they're even doing easy cheese, but somehow they make it look pretty decent. That's not terrible, yeah. Yeah, there's a good depth of field. <laughs> uh, the lighting is good. Like, it's it's great. Yeah, much better lighting. The cuticles and yeah, <laughs> like they, they look good. Oh, Caroline has wait, wait. This is this this <laughs> picture is credited to Stephen DePolo from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And the the description is Caroline has been spraying Easy Cheese on pretzel sticks. The most disgusting thing I've ever seen for wow. Macro Mondays picnics. People eat weird things on picnics. And then it links to musicdealers.com. It which doesn't exist. It doesn't exist anymore. It. Yeah. It's a shame. Oh man. That's so good. I know I mean there's gotta be a story behind that, and I really wish musicdealers.com still existed. It looks like a know. tiny weapon. <laughs> it does kind of. Or like one of those things that you use to like um oh, to like massage your back when you're you know, like just like you know, like you roll on your shoulders to try to try to work out the knots in your back. Yeah. Oh, so good. Well, congratulations, Sky. Well done. Thanks. You, you, uh, I guess, uh, I guess you made this run from, from ties to cheese. Uh, uh, and I, I, I was, I will tell you that I was going to go to, um, like cheese whiz. Cause I assumed that would be a very funny page. It's, a lot less funny than you expect. It's just pretty straightforward about what it is. Yeah, I can see that. I I was surprised. Even it's like cultural stuff. It's not the best. It's not great. So anyway, this was a better page, and I'm glad you guys all joined us uh, or uh, on this journey. If you'd like to hear more about the 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 cheeses we love <laughs> and the the different pastas that we would like to eat all the time. Uh, you can find us over, uh, you know, on iTunes or, or uh, you know, Google Play or wherever you get uh, good podcasts. Um, if you go to any of those places, uh, you know, uh, maybe leave us a review. That'd be that'd be really cool of you. And uh, you can also find us at WSKB, WSKB Cast. I almost said cats because that's a very hey, common mistake. Do we own that? We should we own should. that. <laughs> WSKBcast.blogspot.com. Uh, you can find us out or find uh, more of our stuff uh, over um, on Twitter at WSKBcast or at, by searching us out on Facebook by searching for We Should Know Better. Um, yeah, guys, <clears throat> I, I I was going to have some some very grand like wrap up having to do with Tai Chi and how, you know, it was this is all part of you know, just following the Tao all the way through all of this this entire field, but I, I think it might just be time just to just to cheese it tonight. 
There you go. <laughs> I I'm on Stephen DePolo's Flickr account now. What? He has a lot of pictures that I recognize of areas in Grand Rapids. Okay. He also has gone to China a few times. Wow. A lot of pictures of blueberries and blueberries like on an assembly line. What? He Did... messed up his hand pretty bad. Um uh in Michigan, but I don't I don't know. The thing is, 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 well, I mean, did he find something on the assembly line for the, or on the, when he was taking pictures of blueberries that he didn't, he wasn't supposed to know? Yeah. Or he got too close to the assembly line. Ooh. Oh no. Cut himself. The thing Whoops. is this, this, the tags on this picture are macro and food. Not true. Mistagged. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, by an, ex- by a certain extent, I suppose, but. Mm. He's got pictures of avocados. This is a good account. Oh, it's, Steve it sounds, seems like yeah. Sounds very macaroni. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty macaroni account. Yeah, I like it. A pretty avocado account. Yeah, we're we're gonna make this happen. Gonna bring back food based uh, euphemisms for cool <laughs> that are like dumb, like <laughs> like like, like that p- people frown on. Yes. Oh, yeah, I guess I, mean, I guess if we're really gonna do it, be like, yeah, that. Oh, that's so avocado toast is what we would do. Yeah, like, we have to do avocado toast. There's only toast. one person who can help us with this. What? Who's that? I think you know who he is. No, <laughs> I. We can't reach out to Guy Fieri. <laughs> we can't. He he has to hate us after everything we've said. He's a cultural milestone. He's got that hey, restaurant the named Chicken Guy. About him. Oh no, Tim! I'm the one who said all the cool things about him. Tim, you have to you have to reach out in our stead. Ask him what the correct word would be now for instead of macaroni, because only he can make this happen. I think. I mean, it's like flavor explosion or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is it is it? Oh, that's really high fructose corn syrup. Is that what it is? I don't know. Yeah, what do they say in Flavor Town? The real um, question. I think that's that's the tweet. We're, let's do, we're have to just reach out and say, "Excuse me." Instead of "cool," what do people say in Flavor Town? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I think we're gonna have to call that one for tonight. So, good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. All right, so I did Google the lyrics to Love is Gone, which is actually called When Love is Gone. Oh, is it really? By Martina McBride mm-hmm. from that that movie that we all love, The Muppet Christmas Carol. Yes. That is only in some renditions. It's cut out in like the more modern uh, uh, cuts of the movie. They just cut that song out. Wow. For time. Oh yeah! Okay. Apparently, it wasn't also very popular. I mean, it's and it's just it song. is a weird bit or yeah. a weird beat. Like, but you don't have I don't have to do anything except change the chorus to involve cheese, cheese. and the song works.
Okay. There was a time when I was sure that you and I were truly one, that our future was forever and would never come undone. And we came so close to be the close <laughs> and thought you cared for me. There's distance in your eyes tonight, so we're not meant to be. The cheese is gone. The cheese is gone. <laughs> the sweetest dream that we had ever known. <laughs> the cheese is gone. The cheese is gone. I wish you well, but I must leave you now alone. Wow. That's, that <laughs> there beautiful. comes a moment in your life like a window, and you see that your future is there before you and how perfect life would be. But adventures <laughs> call with unknown voices pulling you away. <laughs> be careful, or you may regret the choices you made someday. When cheese is gone, <laughs> when cheese is gone, <laughs> the sweetest dream we ever know. Oh. So, yeah. It was almost cheese. It was almost always. It was like <laughs> a fairy tale we lived out, you and I. <laughs> oh. It's very good. Wow, um, I, you know, I I I do hear that that was uh that was in the original cut of the movie. They were they were making that whole section about cheese. So yes, when yeah. love is gone, copyright fuzzy Muppet songs, fuzzy <laughs> Muppet. Alan <laughs> Caps is what is listed here. Good, I'm oh glad. Um, 